and welcome to Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. Also known as BBFB, I am your host, Lauren Holloway. And I am your co-host, Sarah Boyle. And if you guys had any idea how long it just took us to record that introduction um, for our very first ever podcast episode, it'd be really embarrassing. That is true. So we are just going to keep, we are going to keep it moving, moving forward. We have a lot to cover today in episode one of Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. Every week we will be bringing you different deep dives on housewives and hot topics from across the Bravo universe. Um, If you're looking for, um, you know, like episode recaps, you are not in the right place. We really want to get into the deep dives um, and, and the hot topics across all the franchises, so. Totally. I see it as a combination of speculation. Oh, yeah. Intense research. Of course. Hot takes and a little bit of armchair psychologizing. <laughs> a lot of that, I think. Yes. Um, which is actually probably a really great way to just bring up the topic of this week. Um, for, for the first episode ever, we, we really thought we wanted to cover an important one. Um, and a fallen, a fallen hero, if you will. Oh, what a beautiful way to put that. Um, but today we are going to be deep diving on Dorinda Medley. So, um, we'll ca- uh, get on that a little bit later this episode, but um, let's start out with some hot topics of the week. Yes, let's get into it. It has been a busy news week. <laughs> it really has been. Um, okay, so I, just the, the first one is just something that came across um, my Insta feed kind of right before we started recording, so it's probably a good time as ever to bring it up, um, Janice Richards is done with Housewives. Is anyone shocked? That is my question. No, but I did think yeah. she had some sort of contract. I know. I'm curious what, because that was a heavily publicized contract of four years for $4 million, yep. which I, at the time, I didn't know, and maybe they don't do multi-year contracts, so I was surprised. But why do you think that was just out there to make the other cast members jealous, or was it just made up? Like, what's what's the deal there? I mean, without her, they didn't have much of a season this season, and even with her, it was like the same kind of like tired story. Those women really know how to beat a dead horse. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know that pissed off the other ladies. Totally. And I think you said, you said something important and true, is that while Denise was an amazing addition to the cast, she was not able to, her, her sort of low energy Casamigos <laughs> slumped over a chair energy was not able to ultimately lift up the season and give us, give us what we needed. So I ultimately feel okay about it. But I mean, I, did. I will miss her. I will definitely miss her. I think she had a really strong first season. Um, I mean, I, she, she did that ragamuffin energy is maybe like, it was much needed and it was definitely refreshing. I mean, we, 
how often do we say that about a new housewife? Like they're always refreshing, but they are, and she was. Um, this season, it just wasn't quite there. Obviously, this is like scandal, and obvious. Like we've all still been talking about it. Um, totally. Do yeah. you? Wait, important. The important question here, which hit me. Do you think Denise and Brandy hooked up? Is Denise <laughs> lying about it? Oh, they 100% hooked up, but I think, right? I mean, I don't even think that's yeah. the question. No, no, no. I know, I know. Um, no, I 100% think they hooked up as well. Um, I, Do Brandy, I think? Brandy isn't a liar. Like, I really don't think she is. I think she's thirsty and, and she's got a big mouth, but I don't think she's a liar. Like, I think Kim was doing math in the bathroom. I think Mauricio does cheat on Kyle. Like these are all 100%. things. You know? Like these are all things that I like hold true. So why would this be any different? Totally. Yeah. I did you see that? I don't know if it was on NT Lawyer or one of those websites with the blinds about Mauricio has been oh yeah. Just nonstop going to spiritual ceremonies. Um, with a indigenous people. I, I can't remember who he has been going to to visit, but like he's, Mauricio is, is on a, some sort of downward spiral induced by, you know, expensive legal weed gummies, <laughs> I believe. I mean, personally, I love that for him. He's never been more interesting or hilarious than when he's like obviously stoned, like when he was next to Eric, um, Eric Aaron at the dinner table. Um, like just like listening to him talk about everything or when they were on vacation last year. Um, I, I hadn't seen the, the drugs and the indigenous women part. That's interesting. I have other, like another Instagram account that exposes blinds just has him like cheating all over town with all these girls who are saying that they've hooked up with him. Um, yes. I remember reading one of those where she really got into detail about meeting him at the club and going back to his hotel. I remember that and all, Yeah, all the ins and outs of the deeds that they performed. And did I get turned on? Yes, I did, reading, reading that. I tale. think because it was, it literally read as erotic fiction, which led me to believe that, like, maybe it wasn't true. Um, not to, like... It, it felt true in my body. I will, I would like love for it to be true. Every time I see him, I'm like, huh, like he really, I don't, I, I think on a, on a different day, we're going to have to like go through house husbands and decide who's the hottest, but he really, yes, we will have to, he really does. We will have to rate them. My body is very attracted to his body. Yeah. I, I mean, the bar is, is so low that it's <laughs> maybe laying on the ground with, with house husbands and their their attractiveness, but he definitely, he's definitely top ranking. He can get it. Yeah. Um, so that is. Okay. We, we got a lot to cover. I know we do. We should, we should move on, but obviously Denise, um, actually from there, what are your thoughts on who's going to be replacing her? Um, if any, I know it's early, but. I mean, I think Kris Jenner should join now that we heard Keeping Up with the Kardashians is ending. I would love 
to have Chris Jenner on. And so would, I mean, Kyle, if she is the puppet master, she would love to have oh an God. ally like Chris. Chris drinks, you know, she loves her vodka martinis. She, she definitely knows how to have a good time. I think she would definitely, yeah, she would bring what I need from Beverly Hills, which I mean, at this point is very little. I, I, <laughs> You know, it's um, yeah, it's not my favorite franchise at this point, but I I would love to see Chris Jenner. Your thoughts? Um, that like literally the same. I mean, I would also love to see. I would I would love, I would love to see Chris be the the star that she always thought she was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians and not live in the shadow of her children. I think she would be an amazing addition. I think like she's got more clout and everything and anything than like Kyle or Vrena even would even know what to do with. The fact that she's friends with them is amazing. Um, I feel like, I feel like she could put them in their place a little bit, which would be um, necessary, especially because I guess Garcelle had said if Denise wasn't coming back, she's not coming back. But I, I read that and like, that might've just even been a comment I read of somebody's, but it, they really did. I can see her doubling down, especially since she just landed um, a role on like a uh, daily dish. Is that Garcelle? It? Yeah, Garcelle. No, she, she joined the talk. Oh, the talk. That's what it is. Yeah. I can see like great. She spun this into a better opportunity for herself. If anything, honestly, like I would love to see more of Garcelle and her friends. That episode, I like really enjoyed watching her and her girlfriends like chit chat. Please. Yes, please. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, right before this, I saw Garcelle posted on Instagram a post that just said the plot thickens. Ooh. So I have a feeling, yeah, she she's milking the moment about will she or won't she come back. Um, Smart. I'll just say this quick thought just came came to me, re Chris Jenner, and I imagine that Corey, her the man in her life, I imagine he gives me kind of similar energy to Aaron like I think he's into some weird stuff he's kind of got a strange energy and I would like to see deeper into that relationship I think there's some some darkness there that we could we could get some light on absolutely I so give us Chris and Corey I think we need that I think Andy probably hears the fans that was like the first thing everybody was saying like I feel like it's not a coincidence that these announcements were made around the same time. Maybe it's really setting us up for, um, like, it isn't it? Re- like, redemption season. Yeah, kismet. But, like, divine, divine timing. I would really, really appreciate that, just personally. I think she would be an amazing addition to the crew. And also, like, that's what I want out of Beverly Hills. I want extravagance. I want glamour. I want money. Give us money. Totally. Yeah. Give us, give us yet another person that lives in the Valley and doesn't actually live in Beverly Hills. There, <laughs> there is that saying when one door closes in Calabasas, another one opens in Encino. <laughs> um, is that a dig at Teddy? <laughs> Just, I think a lot, I think Dorit, Teddy, there's a lot, we got a lot of Encino ladies at this point. And of course our Buca de Beppo. Oh, so true. Though, Dorit, did you see that her house is on the market? Yes. And can someone explain to me why you would mark up a house by two and a half million dollars less than a year after you bought it? 
and I don't think there were major renovations. I mean, I don't know if she's just like hoping that the fame of the show can like carry that extra couple of million. I do know that the house market is like amazing right now. Like it really is a seller's market. So maybe she's just like putting it up there. But I did notice that Mauricio is not the listing agent for it. So I think it is somebody else who works at the agency. But he's not, which I feel like is probably a sign that he was like, yeah, no one's going to pay more than two and a half million dollars more than you paid for it one year ago when you moved into your forever house. Mm -hmm. Which, which is what she just, that was like the whole beginning plot point of this season. So it's a little annoying as much as I'm like really loving Dorit this season, this year. I mean, I'm pretty sure everything is really shady with them. Like, yeah, totally. I mean, again, compared to her cohorts, you know, she is a riveting presence. Thank you. Totally. Yeah. Her hair. Um, her hair. Yes, her hair. You know, her hamburglar esque outfits. Her <laughs> scamming. Her. I didn't know if I could become a multimillionaire managing one artist. I mean, shit, sign me up. Anyway. All right, we got, we got a lot of news. So I was hit with a little nugget right before we began to chat. Okay. And, you know, page six stops for no pandemic. And neither does Jill, and neither does Jill Zarin. So here is the headline I had the joy of reading. Dislocated toe fails to stop Jill Zarin from keeping injectables appointment. <laughs> Nothing can stop her. Nothing can stop our intrepid Jill Z. That is an amazing headline. Um, I love that she broke her toe falling on a yacht. Well, maybe page six misreported. They, they called it dislocated toe. Oh, oh, sorry. But dislocated <laughs> her toe on a yacht. Um, I love that that's how she like described it. I thought that was amazing. Just had to throw in casually that it was a yacht. Um, and I really love the picture of her eating that huge ice cream cone and looking sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not much to say on this one. Just thought it was important to acknowledge. I know. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, you know, as much as like she's not a current housewife, she is always a current housewife, right? Right. Totally. <laughs> like Jill Zarin, Zarin Fabrics. Like she's just everything. Let's move on because we do have a lot of news. The yeah. next one I have here is Ashley Darby's pregnant with her second baby by Michael Darby. Dean's going to be a big brother. Off the back of last week's episode of Potomac where Candace was getting ready to expose Michael for having a boyfriend and a wife going to the strip club and just like, whoa, Potomac is so good. <laughs> I know Potomac is so good. They are really, they're really giving us what we need. And I mean, I want to be clear. I have, I have no problem with the concept of having a boyfriend and a wife. I think that sounds really fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I do think all these franchises, they usually fail pretty hard at, understanding that 
there are alternative lifestyles and that you can be yeah. bi or pansexual or fluid or you know whatever but it 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 was hard to to hear that pregnancy announcement coming fresh off of like you said the episode where he pressured Ashley to take her newborn child to the girls weekend and then he went out to the strip club and was sharing their their business oh. to to some hard-working gal at the, you know, local strip joint. I, I, wonder, if, I wonder if I had good steak. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I wonder who, like, like, is this planned? Do they have some sort of arrangement? If you had some sort of arrangement, why would you, like, go on national television and, and, and deny it otherwise? Or, like, it's all... I, it just makes me so sad for her. Like she's obviously yeah. so sad or like maybe she just gets like more money with every baby she has by him. I don't know, but it's so like, it was so, I was like, what? No. And the kid looks exactly fucking like him. Like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty she, hard to swallow. She doubled down. She literally doubled down and is having double the Darby's. And let me just, let me ask you a question. Were you, this is, you know, we live and learn. We, we come into greater awareness every day. Did you know that Michael is 74? 74 years old. I thought he was just in Australia 50, like just the Outback Rays had, you know, sort of. Um, hit, 74? Hit what? No, that makes me like so uncomfortable. Well, I know, right? I mean, like the baby's the first baby looks just like him, so they're definitely four. yeah. Damn, I mean, I I guess he looks really good for that age, but he's oh, I mean, he is probably like my well among my top hated Bravo men. I he, he sadly he's not the worst, but. He's getting up there. I mean, he did her sexually harass a cameraman. I know. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I think this kind of maybe brings us into another, another hot topic. Did you have anything else on, on Baby Darby number two? No, I could talk forever about, like, how sad and gross it all is. But I won't yeah. scare you until that episode. <laughs> all right. Well, just talking about you know, age, age gaps, which whatever works for you. But so we have the new Salt Lake City trailer. Yeah. Um, and this is something that one of our reporters in the field shared with me is that one of these Salt Lake City women is married to her step grandfather. Oh. <laughs> Erica Jane is quaking. Oh my god! Just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> um, wait, is that the one who then, who is like the diehard Mormon? I'm not sure. I I still know nothing about any of these ladies. Okay. Um, I did watch the trailer, but I but I couldn't tell you who's who. Um, I couldn't I couldn't really either, but I'm excited to meet them it's been six years since we've had a new franchise the early years are always like some of the best stuff they have to offer so 
looking forward to it. I think this is a controversial cast, especially just in light of everything that's happening in the world right now. So I'm really hoping they're not as like red, statey and, you know, obnoxious as maybe they could say. Yeah. as they say <laughs> yeah no I hear you and I think the trailer definitely had that in mind because it did highlight at least from a religious standpoint it made it clear that it's not all Mormons it's some ex-Mormons it's some Mormons by marriage we had someone converting to Islam we had yeah that was interesting a few Jewish women yeah so I think and it looks like there might be a little more diversity than we would have expected from yeah. Salt Lake City. I, I mean, I did hear that story about a few of them being very into QAnon, and so I was a little yeah. nervous. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm on principle, I'm not going to watch this franchise. And then I watched the trailer, and um, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, pretty much same, actually, especially when they open up with just saying... Um, like it's not impossible to be perfect and just everything that I know about Salt Lake City or not even that but just like like um, housewives from there and just like the influencer stereotype of like a housewife from the Midwest or from Utah specifically um, like there is this struggle with all of them to be perfect all the time so it's definitely I think we're gonna watch that play out in a big way all these like mommy bloggers too just to, like we'll definitely be learning a lot about this part of the country that as a you know like we're both on the coasts it'll be really interesting to see you know this part of the country which housewives has never explored before we've never been in this kind of territory yeah i mean we thought the young living uh essential oil sales were a lot from monique I think it's gonna be multi-level marketing <laughs> galore galore Oh my God, um, you're right. No, <laughs> but yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, all I will say is I need our next franchise to be like a, a progressive city. That's, that's all I'll say. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Switch it up. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Other than that, like the only thing I, I, I really have is that like Lydia and her mom are, are getting their own show, Glitter Town. I do not have the time of day for that, so I don't really have anything left to say about it. I don't think it's necessary. It sounds stupid. So let's keep it moving on, on that note. I do have, I do have, you know, it's important in these times to uh, make sure to be in touch with gratitude, to really count our blessings. Mm -hmm. um, and I think let's just take a moment to rejoice the news that Teddy was most likely fired. Okay, amazing, thank just, you. Just a brief I hope, moment. I hope it's true. Like, as of now, that has not been confirmed. I saw Teddy was on, like, Twitter denying it. They always but, deny. Well, I just don't want to live in a world where Teddy Mellencamp is a housewife and Dorinda Medley is not. You know what? I think that is the perfect segue into our deep dive into a woman that was for years deemed worthy of being a housewife was an immediate fan favorite immediate came, came into the the franchise of new york city an already formidable cast and immediately held her own i am 
giving some, some glowing praise, but let me make it clear, I support Dorinda being fired. I struggle a little bit with this as we have, as we have discussed, you know how I feel. I really would have liked to have seen a redemptive season for Dorinda. You know, like it was kind of last season was really, Luann has been really sufferable, like insufferable over the years. And we watched Luann have this amazing redemption arc this season and I'm not saying that everybody deserves it. I'm, I'm happy to hear that she's going to be back next year. But Dorinda as such a fan favorite and like Dorinda, like she's always had a drinking problem. It's like, well, maybe not the problem. Maybe the meanness is something that definitely has come with, with the fame and the, well, we'll get into it. But I am really, really fucking sad to see her go. And I, I cried a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you, but I... I think this is what is for the best for her, though, in the same way. And I hope that she kind of realizes that it is a problem. Like, she keeps doubling down that it's not, and it actually is. Like, you just lost your job because of your drinking problem, because you're mean when you're drunk. And you have to watch it. How do you not see that you have a problem? It's... Yes, totally. Yeah, I think, and we, we have some, there's been some updates on, on that as far as, as, as what the last straw was and all of that. And we'll get into that a little bit later, mm-hmm. but let's, let's begin our deep dive on Dorinda Medley um, with some, some stats. I'll, I'll hit y'all with some quick stats pulled from Google. Oh my God, you know about Google? Totally. The local library. Okay. She was born December 13th, 1964. She is 55 years old. She was born in, of course, the Berkshires. She has... You can't just call it the Berkshires anymore. The Berkshires. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so she has one child, Hannah Lynch, with her first husband. She was then later married to Richard H. Medley from, and we'll, we'll talk about this timeline in a hot second. She was married to Richard Medley from 2005 to 2011. She received her education, her Bachelor's of Arts degree from Franklin and Marshall College in the Berkshires. Just the region. The region. We yeah, she she lived and perhaps will die in the Berkshires. During this chart, astrologically, she is a sun in Sagittarius, a moon in Aries, Mercury in Capricorn, Venus in Scorpio, Mars in Virgo. She is reportedly worth $20 million, according to the first website that appeared on Google. Do you really think she's worth $20 million? I guess the house inclusive. I think, I think it's, it's about property. And I think the bulk, the bulk of any money came from her marriage. Right. No shade there, but no, no. I know, she, I know she, and obviously she has her housewife salary and she, you know, prior to had a cashmere line called DCL 
that she started in London when she moved there with her first husband. So, okay, okay. you know, she's got that cashmere money. And so those, really, those are our stats. Right. And sorry, and then she was a real estate agent and that's how she met Richard, right? That sounds true to me. It is. It, it is. I think it's fact. So we're talking about, let's talk about Richard, right? Okay, I mean, yeah. a few nuggets and then I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. So apparently he, first of all, so they were together. They were married for six years. I thought it was longer. That's, that's what I'll say about that. And let me just drop this in really quickly. He was an advisor to George Soros. And he was a Libra son. He was, a, it away. he was a Libra son. Wow. Actually, him being a Libra doesn't really, isn't really in line with what I would have thought about Richard. But I, I'm going to let you get more into the astrology stuff because you're really the expert. I think it's entertaining, but I, I do want to hear um, about that from you. Um, I, I, too, was surprised that they were only married for six years. I think everybody who hears that is like, like, excuse me? Like, she is heartbroken over it. And not that, not, I guess if, if he was her one true love, she can be as heartbroken as she wants to be about it. Um, people grieve in different ways, obviously. And I, it just sounds like Richard was like the antithesis of John. And that's, I think that's why all the ladies who knew her prior to being on the show and being with John, who she also started dating a mere six months after. Sorry to, to jump ahead with that, but I think you can understand kind of why they were all so surprised and dare I say disgusted by John when, when they first started dating. Um, but I do, I like, I lost it. I was, I was rewatching those episodes and they're literally disgusted. Bolted. <laughs> yeah. Like they really are not about John. Hannah is the biggest jerk about John though. I'm calling Dorinda a chubby chaser, chubby chaser, a chubby chaser. That does not hold up Hannah. No, it does not. I was rewatching the episode and I was like, God, she is a dick. But uh, anyway, Richard, I love, I love a British man for Dorinda. <laughs> um, I love Dorinda in England. Um, I, I love even just like the comment she made this season about showing, like doing a house tour is so very American. It was like a nice, he was definitely top of mind for her all season this season, which I know we will also get into, but just that was really clear. And, and she must have really, like, really loved him. Yeah, I, as you said, you love a British man for Dorinda. I do too. Mm -hmm. um, I do just want to bring some attention to the fact that Richard is from Rochester, New York. Oh. <laughs> So I'm still waiting for this British guy for Dorinda. He's coming. He's coming. No, but I think, I think this brings us into such an interesting aspect of her relationship with him. Like, I, I too thought he was, you know, some, some British, British man, the way she talked about London. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just think it's all so... It's through this like hazy, you know, rose-colored glasses view that she sort of talks about their life together and, and their relationship. Like, no doubt they had plenty of issues, you know, 
Um, but it is so interesting the way that she, the way she talks about the relationship. And it is interesting that she was sort of with John for seven years, right? And so I'll oh. be at one foot in, one foot out. Well, I had heard originally that um, Richard's children did not love Dorinda at first either. Mm. Um, there was some good drama there. His children like liked to play pranks on her. And one took it way too far. Um, she's obviously fine, but I don't know if I should say it. It's kind of fucked up. She's alive. She's alive. So, so keep listening if you want to know what this alleged rumor is. Um, but I'm not going to say it today. It's like, you should probably get, it's so mean. But it was on Demois. I mean, if it's... It was out there. Don't, don't shoot the messenger. If, if you don't want any spoilers... Um, skip ahead one minute. <laughs> get, that, get that one 15 seconds to one minute. Um, no spoiler. Yeah, basically, it was just that that her uh, Richard's children like put bleach in her contact case solution, and she's obviously uh, fine. Like, they super hated her. I don't think that's the case anymore. But this lady came in and took all their money, and they were like, I think they were like young adults at the time, you know. So. Wow, I did not even think about that. Right, she inherited the Medley Soros-funded yes. estate. Well, wait, but he bought her that house. He went and bought right. her that house when they got married. Right. No, I mean, I'm, yes, I'm, like, I'm team Dorinda. Like, I, I don't have any thoughts about who inherits the... <laughs> um, no, he... He did. He bought her that house. So it's, but still like that is, you know, how much the majority of her wealth likely comes from that home. So you can imagine how much, yeah, was totally. that. And um, I also never really considered it. It is deeply upsetting to think that that happened, but obviously she can see okay. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we assume I, I'm not sure what her, you know, prescription is. It might be it might be the highest out there. But I will say that I, I read that recently one of his, I believe, daughters uh -huh. uh, was married at his gravesite. Um, six months just to just jump right into it with, with John is um is kind of deep. Do we do you know his son sign? John? Yeah. Let's look up John. Yeah, so Richard, as I mentioned, is a Libra son. Um You'll hear my, my intrepid research, my typing. Excuse me? Oh, I just was like, I just am wanting you to go into Zodiac. Yeah, so, so let's, let's jump into it. But so, yeah, as I mentioned, Richard is a Libra son. And you know who else? Oh, let's see, John Medesian doesn't have like a, a celebrity, like a Google page. <laughs> He's literally not famous. There's a website called Optimus CBD based out of the UK that has an article about his 50th birthday party. So maybe I can get a date on that. Ooh. Nothing, nothing is better on a podcast than dead air. Okay. There's no date. So we're unsure of John, but as I said, a few times. Richard is a Libra son. And do you know who else on the cast was a Libra son? 
Who? A Libra, a Libra, a Libra stellium. In fact, that is one Tinsley Mortimer. Whoa. Oh my God. Um, what is, what is a Libra stellium? So that just means she has, um, three or more sign, uh, placements in her chart in the same sign. So she has a lot of Libra energy. And oh. so the, the New York cast overall, a lot of them have Virgo stelliums. So they have a lot of Virgo energy, basically everyone except for Tinsley, who has a lot of Libra energy. And so Virgo is, you know, I think when we look at this last season, there was so much talk about like who was functional, like who was doing okay, like who could handle life, you know, like very sort of Virgo practical. There was a lot of like weird um, emphasis put on like who can handle life. It was like you, you're out of control. No, who you're out of control. It's like necessarily <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. And it's a big, I mean, that's a big Virgo thing is all just about being hardworking and very competent. Um, and so then we have Tinsley who brings all this Libra energy. She doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. She just wants everyone to get along. Um, you know, the shadow side quote, shadow side of Libra can be a little bit of people pleasing. Okay. Um, and I definitely think Tinsley gives a lot of that that Libra energy of, of not really wanting conflict and, and just not really understanding why, why people are, are, you know, wanting to argue and be in conflict and, and all of that. And well, so is Dorinda, does she have a lot of Virgo placements? She's yeah. So let's you're fire heavy, aren't they? She is very fire heavy. Um, but also, yes, with a lot of Virgo, her Mars is in Virgo, um, which is all about how you deal with conflict, um, how you deal with passions. You know, when you get sort of impassioned about something, mm -hmm. you're sort of inhabiting your Mars sign. Um, so when you... Sorry. No. Isn't Mars, like, well, it's a sign of, like, it's war. It's the, mm -hmm. oh, the conflict got on it. Totally. Yeah. So it's how you fight. It's how you stand up for other people. It's how you act when you really want to defend something, when you really care about something. It can also be seen as, yeah, how you like initiate, you know, relationships. It can be like sex in that way. Um, but yeah, so Dorinda definitely comes at people in conflict with that with that Virgo energy um but sort of heightened by all of those fire placements her sun in Sagittarius her moon in Aries can you talk through each of those things a little bit because mm -hmm. all I know really is that I've never met a Sagittarius that I didn't like like they're just so fun they're so fun I yeah I have a real weak spot for Sagittarius. Right. Sagittarius's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so her Sagittarius son, she is, you know, very, it's, it's the element of mutable fire. Um, so they can be very fun, but also very unpredictable. Mm -hmm. um, and much like a fire, you know, when it gets out of hand, it's like, oh, you, you get burned. Um, but you really, you really like a fire when it's, when it's controlled mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, 
but yeah, I mean, Sagittarians are very uh, charismatic, very fun, very independent. They love travel. They love planning events. Um, they love, yeah, like going on adventures. Life is, is all about like fun. Um, for Sagittarian. A, yeah. Isn't Sonia a Sag too? Yes. Yeah. Um, I was just watching an episode where they were, um, when they went to Mohegan Sun, which at the time I was so annoyed that they were going to like Mohegan Sun and not to like, you know, right. some amazing destination. I can't even think of the country right now. Um, but Sonia was like, of course I like to gamble. I'm a Sagittarius. And <laughs> yeah, they, they are not risk averse for yeah. sure. Yeah, they definitely like to take chances. Um, and especially, yeah, having her moon in Aries, which is another fire sign that's going to, to mean that, yeah, she can be very, very fiery. Uh, Aries is very intense. Aries is the first sign in the zodiac. And so it really, it's like the birth of the entire um, zodiac system. Like it really, it comes out, you know, blazing. Like she really uh, will go directly at a person, at a problem. Yeah. At, some, at something that she's interested in, you know, coupled with her Mercury and Capricorn, which is another very, like, um, direct energy, yeah. she, will, she will definitely, you know, speak very powerfully. Um, well, can you Mercury, me, yeah. Sorry, yeah, can you help sorry. me? No, it's okay. So just, like, I want to understand kind of just chart-wise, your sun, your moon, your Mercury, like what, what does having all those signs and those things, like what does that mean? What part of your, I get that uh, Virgo and Aries means that you, so, so what does that mean for Mercury? Like what is, which one is that? Yeah. So your sun is definitely like the foundation of your entire personality. It's sort of how you operate in the, in the world. Your Mercury is how you communicate with other people. And it's also how you interact with ideas. Okay. Um, your Venus is, we, we sort of went over Mars, um, but your Venus is how you sort of relate to being a human in the world, like physical pleasures, um, you know, being a person with a body, it can, it can cover the desire part of sex. Um, it definitely covers like love relationships, mm -hmm. um, and how you sort of show up in intimate relationships, whether platonic or sexual. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of the way that you like to be courted, for sure. It, it tells you the most out of any of the aspects about your like love language or your style um, of love. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then the other one that we are talking about is your moon sign, which is really about your internal world. Um, and so for some people, they can have very different sun signs and moon signs. And so sort of a very different energy internally than what you give off. Mm -hmm. um, but Dorinda is, is both a fire sun and a fire moon. So she, I think, is showing up like, like what we love about the housewives, right? Like she shows up yes. very authentically yes. as to how, how she is uh, when, she's, when she's at home alone you know, rage tweeting or whatever. Um, <laughs> fire on the inside, fire on the outside. She's exactly. just literally on fire. Yeah. 
she's and that on makes fire. sense. Like she's literally she's flaming. Her hair even looks like it's on fire sometimes. That's true. Yeah, it looks like a totally like a a candle flame. But the last one that I'll quickly talk about, and then we can use this as a foundation for rampant speculation, um, as as we like to do. But I think um, her Venus, which is in Scorpio, is an important placement to talk about again because it talks about Scorpios how, are twisty, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, so so this is talking about how she is in love relationships, and so. Venus and Scorpio is very, like, they see love as total possession, like, totally digging their claws or their scorpion pinchers <laughs> around, <laughs> around somebody, like, really sort of just totally intertwining with somebody else. And they really have a hard time letting things go, like, ever. Like, when they love, they love the hardest okay and so I think I mean that says a lot about her relationship obviously with Richard now that we know <laughs> what do you mean she's having such an easy time letting it go yeah these years later yeah I mean Scorpio likes to you know sort of dominate they like they like power games and it does seem like she sort of misses a man that could sort of run her life a little bit yeah um yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, especially with John, she she always kept him at like a really good distance. Like he was always in arms like the way he never stayed the night at her place. <laughs> God, it was like so embarrassing when he was like, so this is my sink and this is your sink. And she was like, um, those are both my sinks. Like you can see yourself out. But it is really interesting in that way. And not just because... I don't know. I don't know why I'm, I'm so surprised, but it makes sense. Yeah, I think, you know, we look at her Mercury and Capricorn versus her Venus and Scorpio, like the way she talks about the relationship is very practical. Like she talks about what their lifestyle was, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're right. And that's very, like Capricorn is very practical, very earthy. Um, really understands like power and luxury okay. um, and really enjoys that stuff. So she loves to talk about like the vacations, oh my God, the, yes. the dinners, what he would buy for her. You know, it really is sort of. Does Sonia have the same placement, do you think? <laughs> that is a great question. I mean, just, yeah. I think they famously argued over the fact that it is different when you divorce somebody and when somebody passes away, but. They both do certainly live in this memory of what their lives used to be. Um, I think it would be interesting to see if they if they do have similar placement. But considering totally. that they're both Sagittarius, yeah. like, can't wait for the Sonia Morgan deep dive because I'm sure that'll be an interesting chart as well. But they're pretty different ladies, other than they love to have fun and they're both. Yeah, Dorinda's just more. And she is a caretaker. Totally. I mean, that is, you know, the Virgo energy is, is very caretaker. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think that's everything I have on her chart, but. It's a very interesting chart. 
for sure. It's a very intense chart for sure. There's not a lot of air, which I mean, it makes it very clear why she just does not understand how Tinsley functions. Like, so Libra's an air at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and if she had had any air inside of her, (laughs) um, she, you think she'd be like better able to understand it's just really like their communication styles are so different, right? It's like Dorinda will just go directly at something. Uh, yeah. And Tinsley is sort of more comfortable floating around, around the thing. Yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah. So Richard was like that, huh? Interesting. I just know so little about him. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I know British, so. <laughs> All I know is that he was born in Rochester. He once again was the financial advisor for the boogeyman of the right, George Soros. Mm-hmm. And he allegedly died of, of liver failure. And I think, you know, that's, that's something that is understandably Dorinda doesn't like to talk about. Yeah. So. Again, obviously, they had their skeletons there. Totally, totally. Not necessarily, but um, I think it's a fair assumption. Um, And I have heard of, like, Dorinda getting into some, like, nefarious type of stuff herself, but, you know, like, she likes to booze. Maybe she likes... um, you know, to go a little bit deeper. I'm not trying to piss off Dorinda episode one. I already have kind of spilled beans on her stepchildren. Sorry, I have such like good dirt on your dough. Um, yeah, she, she lost her eyesight. And now we know that. She potentially lost her eyesight. Okay, I do want to say, um, post-Housewives, I mean, she just made the announcement that she is going to be an author, um, which I think makes a lot of sense for her. I think she has a really good story to tell, and I think we could learn a lot about Richard, which is great. I don't want to learn anything more about Hannah, though. Me neither. I agree. (laughs) I I think Hannah has taken up all the time that, that she needs to take up. I mean, here, let me just say one thing. Let me say two things about Hannah. Okay. So she has theater kid energy, which is something that I have never been attracted to or wanted to spend time around. Um, okay. Okay, I'm going to say three things. So okay. Okay. I agree I, with the point with one. Yes, I do think that Dorinda and Hannah could maybe do like an off Broadway. Uh, you know, a rendition of Grey Gardens <laughs> with the theater kid energy. It, there's some synergy there. Um, and I also think that if you are, okay, if, you, if you're an adult child and your mother is on vacation slash working for her job, as, as the ladies were, when Hannah called Dorinda uh, to, to let her know that she got a one-time gig of organizing books at a library. I think that just says a lot about their relationship. I imagine that gig did not pay more as, as a frequent 
gig worker and freelancer as the millennial that I am, I cannot imagine that that gig paid more than $1,000. So do you need to call your, your adult mother? I don't think so. Does that say something about my maternal relationship? I also don't think so. <laughs> Honestly, I, I am, I'm here for, I'm here for all of that. I'm like, I really don't like Hannah. Um, as a former theater kid, I hope that you have never seen the same energy in me. Um, I also really- I have not. Thank you. Like, I know I can be a lot, but um, but I do think that she, yeah, very distinctive, like Anne Hathaway, um, mm. like just, yeah, mm. like just that, that's like that classic theater kid energy. Um, that was so embarrassing when she called Dorinda um, to say that, that whole thing, that whole episode with the table and everyone working at the table and we do, do not have to get into it because it was not interesting enough, but um, it was such like an odd. Re-traumatizing to go over it again. Yeah, but it was just such an odd, very odd thing as well as, I, I just feel like every interaction they ever had in that show it never left me being like, wow, she seems great. Like even, like I fucking hate Avery Singer and I, there's still like moments in the earlier seasons where she's, super likable mostly because she's giving Ramona um you know the runaround super likable is probably um like you know a bridge too far maybe but, just likable like likable she's just like a it's literally like a child she was a child girls no but she wasn't a child she was like a like a an adult trapped in a child's body like Ramona was like oh, I love being sexy and Avery was like mother please um, and that was really enjoyable for me. I do really hate her now. Um, but every single moment Hannah's on the screen, I'm just like, oh, get this insufferable bitch off the screen. I really am not about her. I really am not. Even when they were like eating burgers and Dorinda was like, I love what mayonnaise. <laughs> like harassing the poor person working at the burger shop. Wait, um, Remember the time she was waiting for the girls at dinner and she pulled who she thought was like a waiter over and it was just a regular black guy walking through the restaurant in a shirt. Wow. That was like a hard Wow. Karen moment for Dorinda. I mean, Big it's not shocking. Time. Karen moment for Dorinda. I watched wow. that. Wow. Like, Microaggressions hardcore. Like, just so stupid. And she's like, wait, what? It was the shirt. He was, like, wearing a white shirt, whatever. Like, no, 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 Like, we all give Ramona justly such a hard time about what a dick she is to the help. <laughs> the help in her words, her words. Um, but... I believe she said servants. Yeah. <laughs> about the uh, staff in Mexico. She said, look how many servants we have. Look how many servants we have. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's exactly what it was. Just disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's so bad. Um, but yeah, um, hate. Uh, Hannah, the worst. I, I do want to say one thing about Hannah that I, I do believe I'm triggered by. What? Um, you know, we, we hate what we see in others that we do not like in ourselves and Hannah likes to bop around town in a very defined very dark eyebrow she does and you know what I think when I am doing my makeup in dim lighting which is usually 
<laughs> and I am filling those eyebrows in. I just, I, it struck a chord with me. I feel like I've been there and been like, I am, oh, I have a striking yeah. unique look. Like I, I can, I can pull off this, this, this heavy brow. Okay. Honestly, um, I feel like you can. So. Well, thank you. But I do want to say that Hannah cannot. I do think she's really gorgeous though. I mean, I, I think like, yeah, I mean, yeah, agree. they're a little too strong. I do. She also like loves, I think it's probably a mixture of like this strong brow, always like a strong lip color as well. She is a beautiful girl. I will give her that. And I don't know. Her, her Instagram is kind of insufferable. She's definitely just like, you can tell she's just kind of a privileged rich girl who, you know, like thinks she's a model, but is an aspiring writer. I know she grew up on the Upper East Side. She, did you know that she and Avery, they're only one year apart, but they went to the same school together and they're like not friends. So I wonder if they like each other even. Probably not. Yeah, I bet they don't get along. I bet Avery thinks Hannah is like weird. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. Like Avery, you know, she seems like just like a normie popular girl. And Hannah probably thinks that Avery's a bitch because she is. Right. Right. Well, um, I'm, you did call Hannah a bitch as well. So maybe like recognizes like. Oh, um, I always stop throwing that word around so much. I just don't like either of them at all. I understand. I understand. I'm sorry. I think, don't come at me, you know, listeners. I, I, I promise you I won't just um, be name calling the whole time. I just so happen to really dislike both these <laughs> children. They're adults. It's fine. They are hurtling towards 30. They're, they're, they're safely in adulthood. Yeah, fair. They're, they're literally adults. They have jobs. Well, Avery has a job. <laughs> I mean, we, we know, we know about that, that gig organizing the books. So, you know, hannah has got something going on. It is a pandemic and we have record number of people unemployed. So maybe this is not the time to talk about said gig, gig work. <laughs> I love, said, I love the gig economy. Said I love gig work. Yes, love. It's great. I messed that up. Um, no, but gig economy is amazing. I love a side hustle. Great for Hannah. I just can't get over how I don't like her. We've been talking about her for probably too long. She doesn't deserve it. And, and we will just move on to the next topic in just a minute. Hey, guys, welcome back. All right, we just took a very important but brief wine break. So let's talk about, I mean, the real, the real heart of it all, the topic of the hour. Was Dorinda always this way? And if she was, why is it not fun anymore? Because let's just talk about, let's take it back to Dorinda's beginnings. Again, she was instantly beloved. She was always feisty, but she also felt very warm. She brought true OG energy with her. It's hard for me to believe when I'm watching those earlier seasons that Dorinda wasn't always there for that. Right. Totally. Yeah. I, I think it is when we think back to iconic scenes, of which there were many, she's she's giving the same energy that she gave us in this last season. She's slurring. She is attacking people. She is making no sense. She is going 
below the belt, you know, but at one point I do remember, and I am someone who is, I think it's time for her to take a break. I'm happy to see her go for now. At one point she was, I think my favorite housewife, which changes obviously by the day, but she's sort of always given us unhinged rage drinker. Potter. Yeah, she, and, but she always has really been quite a pot stirrer too. Yeah. Like she has yeah. no problem kind of like, you know, especially like with all the Tom stuff, how she introduced Luann and then Ramona and, and Sonia were obviously really upset about the Tom stuff. And it was really interesting just to watch Ramona go back and forth between Luann and the girls and kind of just tell everybody what everybody was saying. Um, I mean, earning that paycheck, but it was definitely, I don't know what it is about her that does make you love her despite some of her, in the earlier years anyway, and maybe just like the blindfold's off now and we can really see, uh, but like even, I'm like, I'm disagreeing with my own statement as it's coming out of my mouth because I do still believe she's a good person underneath it all. I think it really is the booze, I think hurt people hurt people. And I think Luann is a, has been a trooper for the amount of times Dorinda has been such an absolute jerk to her about um, going to jail. Totally, totally. I mean, because with that temper, she could, she could easily end up in the same place. Um, oh, 100%. Honey pee. Honey P. Yeah, I think I know we in in honor of, you know, a beloved housewife making her exit. I know that we compiled some favorite quotes, but I think maybe let's just talk about a few of our favorite moments. I mean, I know that I will say mm-hmm. briefly. This idea just came to my head, and I do believe it to be true, that Durbinda is one of those people that says that they're generous and talks about how they're generous all the time, but holds everything that they do for you against you, mm-hmm. especially Re, Luann, and, and all the support. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think Durinda would Venmo request you for like $6. <laughs> for uh, sure. You think so? I don't know if I agree with that. I think, she just, I guess she I seems to keep. She keeps the score, just that energy. I don't think she knows how to download Venmo. No, but, <laughs> no I love that. Um, but I think she, I think maybe because she is that generous. I don't know if she was always rubbing it in everybody's faces, they wouldn't want to go to the Berkshires anymore, right? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, something to marinate on. It is something to marinate on. And I mean, there are a lot of really favorite moments to choose from. Um, I I really do love Dorinda and this really has been a walk down memory lane. Some of the top quotes I've pulled here, you can help me figure out which one you think is like your favorite. But, um, I mean, I think probably, what are you, what are you going to go ahead and assume is like her, the number one thing she's remembered for? 
quote wise, I would say it is clip, clip, clip. Okay. Yeah. It is, I cooked, I cleaned, I made it nice. Yes. And it is, close your legs. She made like a bungled MTA reference, like close your legs with that easy pass in the Holland Tunnel or whatever it was. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Easy pass, Holland Tunnel. Yes. Okay. You're doing great. Why don't you just, why don't you keep going? That's all I got. Oh, please, my... please give us the official record. Oh my God. Well, no, you did it. You, you're doing great. We have a clip, which that episode was also amazing because weren't they like on like Arthur Avenue? Like, didn't they go to like the Bronx to have lunch? Like where the gangsters did? Yeah, that was, that was really amazing. Um, she was also being a mean drunk then. I cooked, I cleaned, I made it nice. Um, God, Luann was being an asshole that episode, but Dorinda was also kind of being a drunk and, and mean. Um, yeah. Um, I'll tell you how I'm doing. <laughs> Not well, bitch. Iconic. Same. Same. 2020 quote. A mood for 2020. Uh, nothing make, made me happier during any of you know, women's protests last year than to see all the signs that were, how am I doing? Not well, bitch. Like that was, those were iconic. I saw tons of those kinds of signs. Another quote I have here is just unintelligible slurring. One of my favorite absolute moments is Dorinda delivering her speech to Luann and Tom on the yacht, and you cannot understand a single word she says. Not not a word. Everyone was kind of teasing her that she does this thing with her hands when she gets drunk. Um, but I think that makes sense. She's Italian, right? Right? Is she Italian? I always just kind of assumed she was. All I know is that she is Berkshire born. <laughs> okay. But like her name's Dorinda. Is that not in a... I, oh, maybe we need to do a deeper dive. But like, okay. Anyway, um, she does speak with her hands a lot. Um, one of the best quotes ever that if, if I didn't hear it from Dorinda, I would have assumed I heard it from my own grandmother. Um, martinis are like breasts. Two are great, three are too many. That's literally like my grandma's words to live by. Yep, the easy pass and that vagina and your Holland Tunnel, that whole thing. It's Sonia, like, I look back at all the years when anybody was mean to Sonia and I'm a little bit like, how, how could you? You know, like, how could she be mean to Sonia even though Dorinda did go after Sonia every now and again. Um, they also had that like famous conflict, you know, uh, my husband, my husband died. That was painful and bad. Um, Giovanni, of course. Do we, Giovanni. Do we think Giovanni, she says that she had no malintent there. What are your thoughts? About taking Luann to Giovanni? About screaming Giovanni at Luann while she was on Oh, she... I mean, for years, she has made it very clear that she is resentful and <laughs> thinks she, like, owes something because she took yeah. Luann to that paid promotional uh, piece on the episode as if Dorinda, like, fostered that relationship. I don't know. I mean, even if she did, like... Maybe you're right. She let it go. Let it go. Yeah, she probably would charge you on Venmo. I think you're, I think you're onto something. For a Giovanni um, dress. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I always loved when the ladies are leaving the Berkshires and she'll say, I love to see it come and I love to see it go as she stands, you know, right there. And you can really, you can really tell that she's really happy to see them everybody go because there's always huge drama. Um, 
And then um, we have, you the, know, oh, I, I, yeah, just, just briefly, I do think that quote is, it sums up uh, what's happening right now with Dorinda. Oh my God. We love to see you come. We love to see you go. I don't love to see her go. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I can't, but I'm happy that you, uh, it's, it is what it is right now. Honestly, I, like, there's nothing I can say. I, I don't think it was the right thing for her to continue on. I just, I have trouble letting go myself. You might have to do my chart and tell me what about yeah, it is me that's like having a hard time. Like, <laughs> I do have a hard time letting go of this kind of stuff. Um, I love her. Yeah. I also yeah. have um, a, a say it, forget it, write it, regret it, which I think often um, mostly at work when I'm on Slack or anything like that, like anytime I'm really like, you know, writing something that could potentially um, end up getting you in trouble, um, where it's just like saying it off the record. Um, I think, I think about that a lot. Um, and then. Wait, Dorinda said that? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I think about it every day. It was definitely a Dorinda saying, um, you know what, you might have heard that from somebody else in the past. It sounds very possible no it, it just sounds it sounds very polished anyway it, it, it is it's awfully polished um not quite as polished as her tyler perry quote though about forgiveness <laughs> um but yeah those are really those are dorinda's top kind of like finest moments i know i know she takes great pride in all of them too like i've, I've definitely heard of people meeting her and her being like here, take a picture with me. I'll make it nice. Like they all feed so heavily into these lines. It's kind of um, gross, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, can I like put that on my letterboard and, you know, nod to Dorinda, our fallen hero. Yeah. Slap that on my pencil back. Oh, please. All right. Well, that'll all come in our merch store after we really get the ball running. Thank you for your support in advance. Totally. Fearless. Um, I do think that she would threaten us with a lawsuit. I, I think she has done that to people who have made, you know, um, merch with her quotes on it. But moving on, um, were there any more quotes? No, those are the top okay. 10. Um, kind of like most well-loved Dorinda Medley quotes. And just, it just breaks my heart that we're not going to have more stuff like this in the future, but I understand why. I know it's, I know it's not right right now. I'm just, I'm just sad. Yeah. I mean, Andy did, I think today say that quote, he thought that she needed a break mm -hmm. um, and that he is open to her returning. So um, I, we haven't seen the last of Dorinda. I hope so. I at least hope, like, I hope she brings the girls to the Berkshires for a, you know, like, holiday weekend special. I hope this isn't the last we've seen of it. Um, we've had some of our most epic fights of all time there. Um, I did, I read that Andy, Andy shared kind of, like, what the last straw was with Dorinda. Um, mm. Did you read that? I did read that, but please regale us. <laughs> well, it was kind of the um the meanness with Tinsley and and pretty much the turkey baster comment. Um, yeah, he he said that was like just she took it too far, and I think I think we could all kind of agree that that 
was she took it too far that was really mean to someone who like we watched cry over frozen embryos like two or three seasons ago two mean yeah yeah she she is someone that you know keeps an eye on on everyone's softest place you know their biggest vulnerability and then she just goes right for it i mean that was she took it up to 10 in like a bright topless place <laughs> like two cocktails in i mean it was just totally like read the room like it she couldn't even like sell it well I, I do find it interesting that you know Reza on the most recent Shaws of Sunset did did say that dear Mercedes uh you know he mentioned that comment about how she had had so many abortions that that her, was you know yeah. she couldn't have children because because of that and I don't you know I find that to be very hateful speech um, but that was not the last straw for him. So that just, I found that interesting. Oh, that's a good, there has been a lot of really terrible stuff that has been said over the years by some very problematic characters on our favorite network. We love to watch them, but at the same time, it's- We are, com we are complicit. Yeah. Um, which is- can, can I wait to watch the next episode that I will be watching as soon as we sign off? No, I cannot wait. <laughs> Um, well, considering I'm on East Coast time and I've watched it already, I can tell you it's it's really great. We're talking Beverly Hills reunion, you guys. Episode two. It's, it's This reunion is giving us a lot more than we got all season long. So, um, yes, love it. Um, yeah, it's just definitely been interesting to kind of see over the years just like she's always had this pattern i mean i think we'd be remiss not to mention um you know the you're drunk you're a drunk um kind of moment with bethany there bethany yeah, yeah. bethany still doesn't even know what she says or maybe she says that now i know that she and dorinda are still very dear friends but um that was like that was pretty bad dorinda that was pretty bad yeah, that was going to be my favorite moment was oh, the look. No, no, let's let's just briefly talk about it. The luxury sushi dinner with Bethany's investors the night before going on a be strong run to Puerto Rico. <laughs> Dorinda just straight up. I mean, she lost it. I mean, I can I can drink a glass or two and I I don't I don't know how she arrived at that level of uh that's kind of what happens though once you're like right. it's definitely a sign of like a true alcoholic um is that it's right. yeah. less for you to really get to that level. This, this is the part of the show um at the end of every episode we will diagnose somebody with with something so <laughs> um well Rinda, I'm like I'm oh I that that resonates there yeah her. yeah and it's definitely I mean because over the episodes especially the last you know this last season she was getting called out for her drinking a lot and so often her rebuttal was just I only had two drinks and they were spritzers I don't know why you would want to cop up to acting that way if you weren't drunk, like I would probably be like really leaning. I'd be like, oh man, sorry, I was blacked out. Like, I don't want to admit to being that right. Mean. 
Mm-hmm. Right. She was like, I, and that's the funny, like, Virgo thread of, of the season. Okay. All these people being like, I am highly capable. Like, I was present. That's so true. Like, I was highly aware and present when I said those cruel, right. unhinged things. <laughs> right. It's not. Like, I, am in, I am in control at all times of the scathing, hurtful things that I say. It's very strange. Just some of the most terrible things we've, we've like ever heard a housewife say to another housewife. Dorinda has been the one to utter, if not the most terrible things we've, other than just like good old fashioned name calling. Like, cause she's not really a name caller. I mean, she has her moments, but she, it's because she like, you know, even when she just met Leah and she was like, Oh, but like about her back tattoo. And then she didn't know Leah yet. And Leah was like, oh, you don't know me well enough to make a joke about, you know, my tramp stamp and right and all that. She she was like, talk about my vaginal tattoo. <laughs> no, don't talk about her vagina or her mental illness. Totally. But like, don't actually. Don't talk about hers. Don't talk no. about mine. Um, yeah, just, it's just the more, but but when I look back on Dorinda, I have nothing but the good times. And you know that what, like when they say, um, you know, it's not what about people said, it's about how they made you feel. When I look at Dorinda, Mm -hmm. I really do like, I do see like the warm, wonderful person. I sent my mom a cameo from Dorinda for mother's day this year i couldn't be with my mom due to covid um and she sent like my mom the loveliest mm. it was so nice it was so sweet and just like you know like dorinda like you know in bed under the covers with her glasses on um and that is that's how i want to remember her so that's why for me it's a little tricky that we're not going to get to experience a redemption arc um i hope that there's still we, I, I hope we still see tons more of Dorinda Medley in the future, but I'm sad to be leaving it this way. Can't wait for the reunion. A little scared for the reunion. Um, she doubles down sometimes when she needs to apologize. And that is, yeah, I recognize yeah. that as a, one of her main character flaws. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, I, I, I too recognize that as one of her main character flaws. <laughs> Yeah. I, I love, I do love recognizing others' character flaws. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think you very- I have some, such a fire signs in me. I can really call them out on other people. Totally. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, no, I think you, you spoke beautifully about how we, we should remember Dorinda. Um, and I think, you know, when one door closes, in um, an Upper East Side high rise with a cheese shop (laughs) on the ground floor. Another door opens in the Berkshires. And so we're not done. There's more to this story. Oh, is there? I'm just saying she's not done yet. There's, there's, There's more. There's more where where that came from. There is absolutely more where that came from. I know. There there is more to this story. When one door closes and another one opens, 
then it basement floods and items. <gasps> oh. As you so aptly said, as you so aptly said when we spoke recently, a bunch of things floated to the surface, both in Dorinda's basement and her consciousness. So um, that's exactly right. Um, you said it. I well, wow. <laughs> That was very astute of me. Um, yeah, no, that's, I, I do think that that's exactly right. I think she ha is just having such a hard time with that, with realizing, you know, John is never going to be the man that Richard was or like, well, never in a way she's like romanticized him at this point in her life. Um, and she's, that's definitely ex like exactly what happened. Like all the stuff she hasn't seen in you know, 15 years comes screaming back at her and, and therefore she screams at anybody who stands near her. So, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, you know, just, it's just been really hard to watch and as much fun as she can be too, though. Um, the, the, the season finale, um, we watched her kind of like finish off in like a really, at the beginning of the episode, of, up until like literally the last minute, um, she was really pleasant. She was kind of the old Dorinda. She was wearing, um, <laughs> what are those things called again? She wore a lot of them this season and they don't look great on her. Um, you know, the- Yeah, the, I mean, the, the sartorial choices at that party were, I mean, it was were very, very telling. They were, um, but she, yeah, the last couple minutes, like whatever, she really has a beat in her bonnet about, um, and that was. <laughs> Sorry, it just sounded like a literal tornado. Really? Yeah. What were you? Oh, are you holding the? Um, are you holding one of the things? Okay. It was uh, like. I think I was touching my computer like this. Um, okay, sorry about that. That sounded normal. No, it sounded, it just was really loud. I don't know why. Anyway, I don't mean to interrupt, but that's definitely going to catch. Um, but we'll edit it out. We'll edit that all out. Sorry, um, keep going. I really don't know how much more I have to say on this. I think that Tinsley um, really got under Dorinda's skin. It sounds like a lot of their charts kind of explained why like communication wise they just were not on the same page um and and that's really it Jorinda had like a great you know the last episode was great you know she had her hand surgery I definitely had to look up what the thing she had done was yeah she said like a bible bump a bible with bump. octopus tentacles literally like why 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 that's oh my god disgusting that's, but, um, that's ungodly right there did you know bible how funny bump. yeah <laughs> um between the bible bump this week and the stove pipe leg I, I was doing a lot of googling during these episodes when karen said that giselle had a stove pipe leg um <laughs> right and drunken sailor syndrome and drunken like, sailor before. syndrome these girls are really keeping us on our toes and, um, you know, you're never too old to learn. So and everyone's health journey is, is different. <laughs> Amen. Um, well, any, yeah. any, any last words, Sarah, as we conclude 
episode one of the wildly anticipated Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo podcast. Um, no, I just honestly, um, Bravo is like my favorite thing. So it's been really great to be able to, you know, get to catch up with you about this, my dear friend. And um, I've missed you since you moved to the West Coast. So, um, you know, this has always been a really great point of bonding for us. And I'm just really excited that we get to share it with the world now. I feel exactly the same way. Um, and I, I did recently move. Um, I do live in New York City. I did not use Dorinda's real estate agent. I think she probably doesn't work in rentals, but she has been a bright spot for me over the years. So um, just wanted to shout her out. Lori Cooper. She's a serious little lady. Um, and I hope she graces our screens soon, despite Dorinda not being part of the show anymore. So. Right. Maybe she'll join million dollar listing. We can only hope. Or selling sunset. Totally. <laughs> Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us this evening um, or morning or afternoon, whenever it is you're listening to this. Um, and we hope you join us next time when we'll be discussing, I don't know, it's TBD. Um, we're not organized enough to have that going yet. But this is only the first episode, so hang in there and hang with us. And we love you already. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.